And we're live. This is Athletic Insights, uh, a resource for youth sports organizations, coaches, parents, young athletes in the community and outside the community alike. We're joined here today by uh, Tanner DeYoung, another local product from Brockville, who is going into his senior year at Carlton as the starting quarterback. Tanner, how are you tonight? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Obviously, we appreciate your time. This is uh, this is exciting for me. I've been looking forward to this all week. Um, so, what's going on? How's uh, how's school? How's class? How's football? It's good, man. We uh, just started up about two weeks ago with our off season training. So, we're right now we're doing uh, for the first six weeks. We got lifts on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. A morning run on Thursday. Another lift on Friday. And we got the weekends off, so that's nice. But and then uh, we start practicing every Friday along with that at the end of January. So we're busy. We're getting after it. Yeah, it's a that's a big off season. Um Large, o- yes. o- OUA football is no joke and the off season is certainly um just as demanding as the regular season, if not to another extent slightly more demanding. What do you think about that? Honestly, I'd say just due to the strictly the length of it. It's because like you know you're only you're only playing from August to if you're really good, like pretty late November. And then after that, you're like, you get a couple of weeks off and you're, you're off season again until, until August, till training camp. So it is grueling. It's tough. It's tough to do. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so b- before we get too far into that, because that's awesome. And we're going to touch base on that. Let's mm-hmm. uh, let's rewind the clock a little bit and just tell us a bit about your youth sports experience growing up in Brockville, how it led you to football and ultimately uh, Carleton university. Well, and, when I was a kid in Brockville, I didn't. I definitely didn't even know like I wanted to play football until I was probably like eleven or twelve. Like kind of before that, I was like I really loved soccer. I was in like two different soccer leagues. I was just like playing every sport I could in elementary school and stuff. But like never played tackle football in elementary school, and like I loved to watch it, so I always wanted to play it. So I remember one year, I just finally quit soccer. I was like, yeah, like Dad, I do not want to play soccer anymore. Like, I'm not having any fun, kind of thing. Right. So I started playing uh, BYFA. Very cool. I think I played like I think I was like my first year. I might have been like a receiver and a kicker, and then like I think the next year I got a little pudgy, so I played O line. Okay. <laughs> and then the next, and then the next, the next year is when I finally got to play quarterback, and uh, it was awesome. interesting. Yeah, I was really, I was really shy, man. Like I did not like. I kind of knew. I, I knew I could throw. But like I never like really tried, and like I was I was way too shy to be like, hey, I want to go, I want to be the quarterback. So right, one yeah, my dad was always a coach, and one day at practice, like a ball went like on the other side of the practice field. I went over there and like threw it back, and the coach was like, I think it was coach. Remember Coach Zink? Yeah, yeah, I know Zink. Yeah, Coach Zink, and um, I threw it back, and I'm pretty. And he's like, hey, can you do that again? I did it again. He's like, okay, yeah, like, I think uh, you're gonna play quarterback for us. And then ever since then, that's all I wanted to do. So. That's that's a very cool story. Like I didn't even know that. How yeah. how uh how much do you think that year of receiver and O line helped your your co- your quarterback progression? Because I mean, obviously it was just BYFA youth football, yeah. but yeah. it must have kind of given you perspective to understand timing and um the 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 load that the offensive line takes. Yeah. And oh my. Yeah. It's, so just touch base on that for me. It's a whole different like world out there when you're not playing quarterback. You know, like it's, you're so like at least like that I play it now, like looking back, it's like, I probably didn't even know what I was doing at receiver at all. Like I wasn't very, never very athletic, but like, I probably just like looked at a piece of paper and ran like a, ran my ends and ran my, ran my slants and stuff. But, um, 
when I played O-line, I remember, like, actually having, like, a couple, like, big battles that were, like, and I wasn't used to, like, being, I was never, like, a physical guy, like, outside of football or anything. So, like, that was, like, a lot of, like, beating for me. I'm, like, shit, like, I don't really know if I, like, if I like this that much. Like, O-line's, Playing O-line's, O-line? Yeah, O-line's tough, you know? Like, right, it's, yeah. It's a, it's a grinder spot, and those guys never get, like, any of the credit. It takes a very, uh, very specific type of young man um, to want to play offensive line and to do it hard every snap. And we can't obviously say enough about um, the role they play because we've both played at a high level. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. They don't get they don't get any credit and, yeah. they, and they don't ask for it. They don't yeah, want it. They that, just want to come. To... Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And um, so then in, in uh, high school, I think in grade nine, I tried to play Nepean Redskins with with Nick White. Okay. I went. I went there for training camp. Like I did, like a training camp. I kind of like I made the team, and then my dad's like, "Well, okay, well, like, I, I'm not really sure if I expect you to make the team, but like, I, I don't feel like driving into peeing like four times a week. You know what I mean? Like right after, right. right after work, and right when you're done school. So it was like, okay, we kind of backed into that. Just played high school football, and then a guy from the Grenadiers con, like he kind of like came to. I think he came to a, a the little like exhibition tournament we used to play in Kingston before this the uh collision at the causeway absolutely that's the one and um so like that's the first time I'd ever heard of the Grenadiers and so the next year I went and played there and that was like my that was my first real experience like up until then like in terms of like playing quarterback like, I didn't really know what I was doing I was pretty much like just like throwing like my favorite routes and like if I if Liam Smith was out there like I'll throw to my best friend you know what I mean like right and then like in Grenadiers I can't like my coach, like Mark McGee at the time, he was like, he's the, he was the first one to really like show me like what football is like really about, like playing quarterback, like knowing what, like you're like, you're re- you're like, you're re- actually reading a defense. Like you're not just like going out there and like playing Madden. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Something uh, me and Connor Kelly talked about on one of the episodes was um, you don't really learn how to play a sport until you get to university. Yeah. Um, you, you, you just don't. It's it's not to put down youth sports mm-hmm. and the coaches that we have here because without them we wouldn't have gotten the opportunity. Yeah. Um. But you don't know how to you don't know how to play football until you get to the next level because, like you said, there's a progression. There's a, you know, you take your pre-snap read. If it's man, you do this. If it's zone, you do this, and you read one to two to three, or depending on the offense you're in, right? Yeah. And and, um, it's, and it's just like the way they talk about football, like using words you've never even heard of, like the terms they use. It's just like. How, even like how you call a play is so much different. It was like it was an absolute like whole different world when I came here. Like at, than I was used to like whole different world. Right. So for some of the listeners at home, just to put it into context, when you come out of high school football, you know some of the plays that are being called in the huddle might be as simple as you know fade out on one or you know dive left on one, and then you get to university. Um, and for me, we didn't even huddle. We went hurry up. So we had a a color for the snap count. We had a mm-hmm. symbol for the formation, the strong side, a symbol for the the play or mm-hmm. any, any deviations of the play. And it just becomes a language. And once oh. you become immersed in it, it's, it's yeah. not so bad, but um, you know, training camp is usually tough because they put the pressure on you to kind of know the language right away. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the big jump, right? You, you know, getting to the next level, uh, understanding that you can be the best athlete on the field, um, but that literally means absolutely nothing. Once it means you get into the film it room. means absolutely nothing. <laughs> That's the that that was the one of the craziest things for me to see is like we've had some like really talented guys come through here, and for like a couple reasons or not, like it didn't work out like for them like 
like playbook wise or like some attitude or whatever, but like some like these guys are so talented and it's just like, but if you don't, like, if you don't know what you're doing, like at this level, like you're just not, you're not going to be on the field. Cause like, you're, like you're, the offense just won't be able to run if you don't do your job every single play. And like, people are going to get hurt if you don't do your specific like details, like people are going yeah. to get hurt. Like the ultimate team game, right? You gotta, you gotta know your job. You gotta do your job. The guy beside you, the guy beside you, the guy beside yeah. you, you know what I mean? It's a 12 man sport. Exactly. Um, you, you had mentioned there that there's some guys at Carlton, that we were kind of talking about. So who, who has been uh, your biggest role model in your time at Carleton? I know you've got to play with uh, Jesse Mills and, and Nate yeah. Behar, and you've got to play with real leaders and genuine mm-hmm. guys. So mm-hmm. why don't you just touch base on some of the role models that you've got to, to play with and, and compete with? Well, it actually all started, I was playing like um, at a Brockville in grade tw- grade 11 or 12. It was like this AIA all-star game that like Coach, uh, Coach White sent me to. It was at, it was at Carleton. And the uh, the players for Carlton were the coaches of like of the teams of like the All Star right. Of, and yep. so like and so the first year Nate was my coach, and like that's where I met like him and Jesse was my quarterbacks coach for that team. So I kind of got to know them there, and like from then on they really they started being like leaders like pretty much in my life. When I like you know in a football sense like I remember like kind of following their like their next season there and like trying to trying to keep keep in touch with them and then the next year i went back to the all-star game and would have been like my year uh my last after my last year of high school and then they ended up offering me and i went on my visit and like you know like oh, growing up oh, i thought those guys were like the coolest guys in the world you know what i mean and then like going to hang mm-hmm. out with them and i'm like okay yeah like this is really cool and like i really like my time here so like that's pretty much why i chose carlton is like the guys like it was just like it was a really like tight knit family, just because they kind of went through everything together. So I think that was like that speaks to kind of like what we got what we got going on around here. It's like tight knit, which I which I really like. Which so I think that's kind of why I chose Carlton. But like in terms of Nate and Jesse, they've uh, Nate especially, he's like kind of sh- shown me a lot of like what it takes. Like he's like a ultimate like climber, and yeah, he kind of he's got like a. He kind of has got like the Kobe Bryant mentality, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't like to. Yep. He's really serious about everything, and that's really, yeah, that's really good. And it's really annoying when you're like an eight, a night, an eighteen year old kid who doesn't know what he's doing, but he's supposed to, but he's going to expect it out of you. So like you want to work even harder to get it done. So in that yeah, sense, no, yeah, that helped me hundred percent. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your recruiting experience. Were you speaking to other schools? Was it just Carlton? And did you start the process or were teams reaching out to you? And when did it start? Okay. So I think I would have been in, it was my first year at Grenadiers when it first started coach, uh, coach Colson, former O-line coach at Carlton. He was out recruiting for them. And uh, it was, it was after the season opener game. He came and talked to me and he said like, Hey, like we're kind of like, let's like, let's stay in touch or whatever kind of thing. And like we sent a couple emails back and forth, but it was never, it was nothing like, uh, that was my first year playing like semi serious football, you know? Like I wasn't like, I didn't have like anything behind my name besides like that one game you probably saw. So we didn't have too many emails. And then after I played a couple years of Grens, I, I started talking to some other schools. I was talking to Queens for a bit. Um, I went on a visit to York um, and Carlton and Ottawa U. I contacted, I was talking to Ottawa U a lot, like before I decided to do my year five year kind of, I think they coach Barisi kind of wanted me at a grade 12. And then after I went back to year five, I don't think he wanted me anymore. Kind of stopped talking to me. You know, that happens. Well, also he probably knows that because 
you decided to do the extra year that you would be more highly recruited and maybe they didn't have money to give you. Like it's a whole load of things, right? Yeah. Um, So for example, one of the athletes I'm working with right now, he, um, he basically, his only option, the only team that really wants him right now is John Abbott, which is a CJEP. Yep. And I've told this kid from the get go, like, you're too good for that. You're going to do, and you're going to do grade 13 and we're going to get you a scholarship because the kid, the kid, uh, his name's Brody Fairburn, young quarterback from Cornwall. Mm-hmm. He's got an arm talent that doesn't come around. He's got some things to work on, but, uh, he's got the it factor for yeah. sure. So that's exciting. Um, but yeah, um, let's, let's rewind a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about like the process you took to turn yourself into, you know, a BYFA offensive lineman all the way into, a uh, a starting quarterback in the mm-hmm. CIS because when you get to U sports or the CIS or whatever you want to call it and you're starting, you know, you get, you get to wake up every morning and, and you know, you're one of the top 20 quarterbacks in the country, like by default almost, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like talk about what that means to you and what you did to get there. It was, um, it was a long process, man. Like when I first got to Carlton, I remember like day, like first day of training camp, I was 2016. I was like, I was f- number four on the depth chart. And, like, there was this, like, they had Jesse Mills, number one. Uh, Jesse St. John was the second guy. And they had, like, another guy in my rookie class who was, like, a hot, big-time, like, Team Canada recruit who was ahead of me. And then – Did um, he come out of Sajep? Was he the Sajep kid? No, he was um, – no, that was that was uh, the following year. Okay. <laughs> but um, – so, I ended up um, – the quarterback under Jesse, he, uh, he left the team for – I forget why, actually. But he left the team. And then I beat out Jordy for the uh, – for the backup job so i got pretty lucky in my first year that i got to like dress every game and stuff but yeah, like, i noticed that you had the play sheet and you were helping call right yeah uh i, I never helped call but like i was just basically went in when we were get we got blown out once i went in that game and then like i got to play in a bunch of games because we were like really really good that year on offense so we were like right like scoring 50 points all the time but um yeah my first taste i was like i remember thinking like a lot like i was like wow like i'm terrible like i'm not sure if i'm ever gonna be able to like be good in this league you know what i mean like everything happening so so much faster than you like you than like you're used to and it's just like such a big step and like half of it's just confidence too but you don't know that at the time and then yeah for sure yeah then the next year they bring in um mike aruda after jesse leaves and he went automatically to number one on the depth chart so then i backed i backed up again that year i probably played in like two me you know what i mean like they got no choice if i I just have to like i just really got to get in shape and really be on everything because i know this offense better than everyone here like i've been here for four years like or three years so that was really exciting to like get to battle for that starting position and then like yeah when i when they when they told me i was the guy after the exhibition game in york that was like a really actually emotional moment for me which is weird because i'm not really ever emotional but i remember i called my dad and like cried my eyes out and told him that and he was like, he was really excited because he was like, he's always been my biggest fan. So he was excited. Right. I, finally got, I finally got a chance to do it. And uh, yeah, it was absolutely wild. Yeah. Like for me, um, a similar moment was, um, you know, I had started as basically a walk on at St. FX mm-hmm. and I had earned my way all the way to a full scholarship in my last year. So um that was one of those moments for me where I was just like, wow, like, you know what? I, I, I stuck to my goal. I didn't give up and clearly it was the right path for me. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely understand that, that moment of validation and it's not over for you. you got, yeah. You're heading into your, your, your last year, your senior. Mm-hmm. Um, are you, is there any talks about you going East West next year or 
Um, what do you think the plan is in terms of that stuff? Well, I'm not really sure how that works because like, I never played, but my East-West year would have been this season. And since I'd never played before, there's no way they're just going to fill me on an East-West roster. So I'm not sure if like – probably I probably won't end up being able like eligible for that. If but, you put uh, up numbers, Tanner, I think you're eligible. So, for example, this is, this is how my story went. Yeah. I – started losing eligibility before I started playing. I didn't actually start playing until I was 22. Yeah, that was my right. first yeah, dress because right. I transferred and blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. Um, so my East West year was actually the, would have been my last year, the year I decided to not play. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been my East West year right then. And then I wouldn't have had uh, a draft year. So I would have gone right East West and then been immediately eligible for the draft. So essentially yeah. that, that would be similar for you, but mm-hmm. um, so why don't you just touch base a little bit about Carlton's program, the direction you guys are moving in and what you guys are working on culture wise as a team. I think like, honestly, the biggest thing that since, since I've been here, like has been like the culture change that we've kind of been experiencing. Cause like with all the fourth and fifth year guys that on that team in like 2016 and 17, when I got here, like they'd all been here for like four or five years together and like it just like when they all left it kind of like left the team in like a bit of a disarray like culture wise and like terms of like leadership and that's been that's been a big thing that we've been like working toward like getting better so like for example like in all like the off season stuff like we're doing way more like together stuff and like there's no more like just got to be more of a team instead of individuals basically but um we're like we're we're excited to grind man like we had a pretty we had a good we had a good end to the year and I think that excited that excited a lot of people on our team. And like we made a couple, there was a some uh, coaching changes. And um, like honestly, it's kind of nice. I'm gonna be doing a whole new system next year, which is like it's exciting and like a bit nerve wracking because of the familiarity I have with the other one. But it's mm-hmm. just, it's exciting knowing that like I'm gonna have a chance to do something that like you know no one no one's no one has filmed to study like what we're gonna be able to do you know what I mean that's huge that that's such a nice feeling to have rolling into week one exactly and it, we have a, we have a bye week one as well so we're gonna get a little extended training camp and like hopefully have things going pretty good by the time we play yeah I'm sure your coaches will just keep the playbook uh very small during your pregame preseason exhibition game and then yeah. uh, blow it wide open by week three or four but that's yeah. that's super exciting I think um you know, obviously, we've worked out together. I think you have a super talented arm strength. Yeah. Um, the, the velocity, the the distance you're able to put on the football mm-hmm. is something that I don't think I've ever actually been around. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe one other guy I played with was even in your ballpark, Dylan Tucker from Bishops. But, uh, you, you know, you're, you're a bit more accurate and uh, you're playing in the OUA, so it's better football. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like talk a little bit about when you realized that you had a special arm. Man, it would have been when I was in high school for sure. I remember I always being able to like, even when I was a kid, like skipping rocks with my dad and stuff. Like he was just like we were always me and my dad were always playing sports. Whether it's like frisbee on the road, like down by the water, skipping rocks, like playing baseball and stuff. And so like I just like had a pretty naturally strong arm. And like just how much I played catch on the street as a kid probably gave me like most of it because I was just like obsessed with just playing catch on the on the friggin' street, ruining footballs on the freaking gravel but um yeah like i remember one day at at saint mary i like chucked a ball like we're basically on like opposite ends of like the of like the uh of the field we're just like chucking balls like me and scott johnson we're throwing balls like over like top of all the kids having recess and stuff i remember like people like being like a bit like shocked and stuff and i remember like thinking okay maybe like maybe like i can do that but 
yeah, I definitely pride myself on having a strong arm. I'm not really like, like I work out, but <laughs> I remember like I remember I always knew when I was young that I definitely had a strong arm. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and what and you're about to say there like you work out, but your skills, your arm rather than your athleticism. You're not you're not necessarily a quarterback that's going to make a bunch of guys miss in the pocket, Johnny Manziel, but you get it done your way. Yeah. And I, th- I think um, that's a big, it's like a big lesson for you, sports athletics and people moving on is just like, if, if you have something that's working for you and you play a certain way, a lot of coaches, one thing that we need to do better, myself included as a coach and other coaches at university level is we can't coach the greatness out of certain people. There are some people um, you know, quarterback position in football gets a lot of attention. Um, and I've seen coaches like out coach what makes that athlete great. And I just kind of want to know if, if at, at any point in your time at Carlton, you felt that way, or have you felt that they're, they're giving you the system and they're giving you the reins and, and you're like really comfortable where you guys are? Um, I definitely think coaches in like the OUA, like they like, they really just want to run their system instead of like, doing things specific to like say what they have in like a player, like all their players, a lot of them. And like, but like, to me, that's a huge flaw. Yeah. You got to use what you have. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I think the same as you pretty much. I think if you have athletes, you know, let them be special athletes, you know, that's what they're there to yeah. be. That's what they're there to do. And, um, but no, I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm super, I'm super comfortable. Like I, I love like the coaching staff. Like they're so, they're so awesome. And like, I don't know. I'm just I'm mean, really excited for this off season. Like the way we're doing it is pretty like pretty hard. So what what are you specifically trying to improve this off season um, yourself? And is there anything the team is working on yeah. as a whole? Um, I think without without giving away too much information, because yeah, yeah. you never know who's listening, right? <laughs> you never know. Um, I think for myself, just like my footwork, that's always been my thing. Like you said, like I always I always I've always had like a good arm, but like. If you're going to play quarterback, your feet aren't tied to your arms and you're going to be an absolute mess and look like not very good on the football field. So like my footwork's always been a thing that I like had to work at. And I think like more like specifically like 30 pro footwork, like just getting the ball out of your hands quick, like out of one step. That's always, that's always been like my thing. That's been really hard for me is like the, like the quick game timing, which is is like, which is something you have no idea. Like, anything about like growing up at all until like you're just expected to catch the ball the balls out perfectly in second and a half and like if you don't do it that way you're not gonna play but um right yeah but um but yeah it was yeah footwork um i, I want to work on my speed because i know i definitely do not make a lot of people miss but it would be nice to <laughs> once or twice a game just get a couple first downs We'll, uh, I'll get you out on the track this summer and we'll yeah. do some, some straight line sprinting or something. Yeah. Hey, hey I'm, I'm way lighter than I used to be, man. So I'm good. I can't wait to see you move. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I'll be running some, I'll be running some passing, uh, yeah, passing academies or whatever this mm-hmm. summer. So I'll have to have you out for the kids. Cause, oh. uh, you'd be, you'd be perfect with the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you, next thing I want to talk about is, do you have any uh, advice for young, young football players in the community and outside the mm-hmm. community and specifically like quarterbacks as well? Um, Cause it's such a hard position to uh, try to get to the next level at. You're going to have so much more self self doubt than yeah. uh, for example, me as a receiver. Um, I basically got my opportunity at St. FX just because of my testing numbers in the gym. Mm-hmm. And I, the fact that I was six one and could jump to the roof, like that's, that's yeah. an easy sell, right? Yeah, but for sure. For quarterbacks, there's, there's so much more that goes into it. You, you know, every team has 
maybe four or five quarterbacks depending on the system or the the program so yeah just touch base a little bit about uh that for yourself um i'd say like in terms of advice for like kids grow kids like um playing football it's just like you you want to make sure if you want to if you want to make the decision that you want to play at the next level but before you do that you really got to ask yourself if you want to like put all the work that you have to put into like to do that because I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is like like you're you're weak like during the season and stuff like like it's absolutely hectic like with meetings and all that stuff like you have to really like love the game of football if you're going to be into it like all year round even when you're not playing because you got you got to be you have to be at absolutely everything I think I think I'm just going to stop you right there cuz I have something to add but then yeah. I want you to keep going yeah. I think a biggest thing is you have to know what motivates you internally like mm-hmm. there's so much external nonsense in, in 2020 with yeah. uh, social media and, and this and that, or maybe a, you know, a guy wants to play university football for, for girls or, or all the wrong reasons. Yeah. So one of the things with my young athletes, the first day I meet them is I ask them what their why is like, what mm-hmm. motivates you on the inside to do these things that you're telling me that you want to do externally. Yeah. So yeah, keep going. But that was, that was a great point. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And for quarterback specifically, I think it's just honestly all about like, it's it's half luck it's half luck to get spotted by the right person at the right time like to have a good game and have someone in the crowd who's going to come talk to you after the game and get your contact information and stuff but like but especially if you want to play like university football in in canada like if you just re- if you just reach out and like you go to like one or two things a year where you can like kind of be in their spotlight if you, and you want to show off your talent to them like if you're talented like you're gonna you'll you'll be seen no matter like like kind of like where you're from but like i think like once you get somewhere that's kind of when it's more evident of like kind of where like where they put you kind of based on where you're from like they have they have like expectations or even doubts based on like oh you're just a small you're just a small town kid from can't like from brockville sorry like you probably don't know football that well like let's not like we have so many higher recruits that have played higher levels of football than you growing up like they're they're going to be like a higher than you on the depth chart but like Seeing that, like having the me- like the mental like fortitude to just like battle yourself and kind of battle them, like it's really competitive. Like in the in training camp, like your first couple of training camps are so competitive. Like you don't want to talk to anyone in your position group. Right. Me, like I didn't want to talk to the guys I was competing with at all. Like, and, like I guess like you were talking about like your why and like my I was like I was always just like so competitive. Like any, anything I did, really. Anything, anything I was good at, I guess that I wanted to compete in. But um, yeah, I just, so, I just you know, I want to be, I want to be better than the other guy because I think I can be, you know. And so yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, all elite athletes are super competitive and mm-hmm. to a fault, even. Like I just, I'm, I'm playing men's league basketball in Brockville for for fun, and yeah. I just like left a game, and you know. <laughs> I was yelling at the refs and I was, yeah. I was, I was heckling the other team and then, uh-huh. and then the game ends and you're like, wow, like I got to <laughs> relax. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not playing college football anymore. But, yeah, exactly. But yeah, that, that yeah. fire somewhere. Yeah. You know, you got to get it out. It doesn't go away. Right. It doesn't and, go away. Yeah. And one of the things, uh, a receiver who played uh, in the CFL, his name's Steven Atakulu. He came out of Bishops and okay. he's done now. He's gone into acting, but a quote from him that I really like actually was, um, chase the dream, not the competition. And that really resonated with me because uh, when I look back to being 18 years old with zero scholarship offers, no schools wanted me. Um, my only dream was just for a chance. I just wanted a chance. Um, and, and sometimes you lose sight of that because, you know, now that you have your chance and you're playing and you're starting and you're scoring touchdowns, you just want more. Right. Yeah. 
but you know, now I'm at a point in my life where I've stepped away from elite athletics and you get to kind of sit and resonate on it. And, and you, you come to a point like for me specifically where you're like, you know what? I, I all, all I, all I ever wanted was to know if I was good enough and mm-hmm. I, you know, I got that closure. So that's awesome. Yeah. And then just to touch base on what you said about training camp. Oh my God. Uh, my first training camp at Bishops, I, I came in, I chose Bishops essentially because it was a little closer to home yeah. and I was going to have an opportunity to compete immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, do not get it twisted. That receiving core was the deep. I don't want to say the deepest team I've ever played on because when I was at St. FX, there was uh, Devin Bailey and uh, Jordan Catterall and Randy Roseway, and yeah. Donald Tabor, all these CFL uh, elite athletes. But yeah. Bishops was a similar animal, man. Like my, my first day there, I, they put me second string, uh, second string, second string boundary receiver. So that's, that's a pretty competitive spot. Yeah, very. Um, and the guy ahead of me, he was six, four had been there for four years. Uh, just a freak athlete, Deshaun Smelly, one of my good, good buddies. Yeah. Um, but what was really unique about that was we were, we weren't battling for training camp we had a battle for the first four weeks of the season mm-hmm. um me and him and everyone else had kind of settled into the roles and we were going back and he got two starts and then i got two starts and then he ended up starting the rest of the year but um that that that, that competition and that that camaraderie is really what what makes you good like what brings you from good to great because um if it wasn't for deshaun and some of those other receivers at bishops i might not have had um that extra kick to you know do a do a few more reps or do a couple mm-hmm. more couple more special team drills after practice to try yeah. to make the dress roster like it's such a process it's, and, it and is, it's, what... it's a huge process that's exactly what it is and like it's if you have the patience and like the obviously the skill to get through it then it's then that's when you realize it's so so many people who like leave early for leave early and they just quit when they're down on themselves and like they never get to like really see what it's all about you know what i mean yeah no i think i think university sports is such a good uh such a good way to transition into the to the real world the workforce when you're done yeah um i I can tell you i I just like personally was not done with sports after high school Mm -hmm. Um, and i had to fight like i said i had to fight for opportunities i actually sent the head coach of santa fx who's still there gary waterman great man Mm -hmm. um i sent him my film and he actually they took the time and we had a couple phone calls and he tried to get to know me Mm -hmm. and you know he came to the conclusion that they didn't they didn't have spot for me right yeah so, you know, that was the end of it. That was my, my journey was over before it even started. And I had decided to send him one more email. And I said, uh, you know, thank you so much for your time, sir. I appreciate you uh, calling me and emailing me and watching my film. And I just said, if you wouldn't mind watching it one more time mm-hmm. and then give me your final answer. They watched my film one more time and they brought me out. Um, That's so, awesome. I mean, wow. That's that, awesome. that was... <laughs> That was yeah. pretty big because my journey was almost over before it ever started. So, yeah. you know, if uh, if I can do it, uh, literally anyone can do it. So, uh, I think uh, that was just the point I wanted to get across there. But let's uh, let's get back back on track here. Let's uh, tell me just like a little bit about what your goals are heading into your last year and like what you want to get out of football moving forward. Um, I think in terms of goals, like. I really just – I really would love to hoist something at the end of the season. I think that would – like, obviously, that's everyone's goal, and it's really hard to do, but – You're talking Yates or Vanier? Is all the above a, a, a response, I'm allowed to say? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, but one thing that, at a time, right? Yeah, so like, oh, yeah, exactly. One thing at a time. Oh, yeah, a Yates would be nice. That's something we you never – got to get through Western. Never, never done, the, never done what that you guys, program, yeah. Yeah, what do you guys have to do to get by Western? You know, you just, like – 
you can't make you can't make mistakes against them. You can't, they're they're too well they're too well coached to make any kind of mistakes. And as soon as you make the mistakes, there's points on the board, and then you you're pressing, you make more mistakes, and then there's a lot of points on the board, and there's no chance of getting back in the game. Right. So essentially, you got you know whoever beats Western, it's almost a perfect game. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. You have to like no, like no, absolutely no turnovers, no mistakes. Make them earn everything. Like they have, they get so many big plays off their action game because their run game is so incredibly dominant that like you just have yes. to, you have to load you have to load the box sometime, or you're gonna get 350 yards rushing on you. Man, yeah, and it's just it's yeah yeah we my first year when I was the backup is the last time they lost a regular season football game. Yeah, I mean, the OUA is not so bad in terms of, you know, lots of teams compete and lots of teams have a chance every year. Yeah. Um, but when I was in my first year at Bishops, the, the RCQ was, it's a different animal. Like, oh. there's, Laval, there's Laval yeah. in Montreal and then 50 layers of crap yeah. and everybody else. Um, so I remember getting off the bus to Montreal the first time I ever got to play there. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, I hadn't played against Montreal yet, so I hadn't experienced the speed and the crispness of that type of program. Yeah. Um, and, you know, other guys were getting off the bus before the game going, oh, we're going to lose by 60. Let's just get this over with. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they have uh, – Montreal has a really cool stadium. They have this almost uh, – uh, the gra- the ground forms this kind of natural hill on the far side. Yeah, of- it's, it's really nice. And the, with the padding on the sidelines too, yeah. Right, and they pump – they pump the crowd noise through speakers into that hill. So it rebounds and yeah. you feel it. It's, it's a very cool experience. Yeah. Um, I think for me, like when you put the competition aside and, and the stats and, and the receptions and all that away, mm-hmm. I think the coolest thing for me was just like where football took me. I got to, you know, I got to go to Nova Scotia and I got to uh, play in Quebec and the AUS. Like I played in two different leagues, right? I played yeah. for, two teams i didn't dress for San fx uh any regular season games but mm-hmm. i still was kind of out there that was really cool for me yeah um but um what do you what do you want to get out of football after this season so are you looking to continue do you want to play pro in europe do you want to get into coaching what, what do you see yourself doing after your final year of eligibility um i think i think i'd love to like probably like step like not step away but like See, I'll see what kind of options I have. Like, who knows if if I have like some kind of great season? Like, who knows what kind of opportunities could present themselves? First of all, so I can't I can't really take anything off the table. But um, I think playing pro in Europe would be something that like I know it's something that a lot of my buddies have done who I've met through here, and they've had nothing but like amazing experiences just traveling and like you don't you're not really gaining much money, but you're not losing money. So if you're just not done with the game yet and you kind of want to travel Europe, like it's a really cool option. Mm-hmm. Um. But like, after football, I would love. I, I really, I would love to coach one day. I'd love to coach, for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you ever end up back in Brockville, I'm sure we could do something together. Yeah, I, I, I would love. Team going. I'm not sure if I, I'm not sure if I could do like OC, but like I would love to at least be a quarterback coach. You can do OC. I'll do it. Yeah. But you can do it. No problem. Yeah. Uh, so last question I got for you here is biggest biggest success for yourself um, to date in football, and then mm-hmm. just end off with. Uh, uh, a piece of advice for football players, but also just athletes in Brockville who are just trying to get an opportunity at the next level. Yeah. Well, also I probably have to go back to that story. It was this year where like when I, when I won the starting job, like that was like something that like at one point in my life, like in 2016 per se, I thought was so like unachievable and it was never going to happen. And like, I thought I'd never even have a, like the chance to play. And so when I, when, right. when that, when that happened, that was like, 
almost like a coming like a full circle. I was like, wow, like I really like I I did it. I did what I wanted to do, and like now I just want to have my last crack at it and do it the best I can before I can't anymore. Which it's is- the it's the culmination of of just years of believing in yourself. Honestly, yeah, years of believing in yourself and years of hard work um, yeah. is definitely your story. I think. Mm-hmm. And um, in terms of adv- advice for anyone, I just say. If you love doing something, don't don't stop doing something. If someone says you're no good at it, because if you really if you work at it, it's the guys it's the guys that really care about it that shine the most to the next level, mm-hmm. and they and they're, they're the ones that like get into the sport and like know the fine details. They don't not just an X nose, not just X's nose guys. So like I think like any anyone has like a, a chance to impact a football a football team like either side of the ball if you're just like if you're really into the sport and like you know what you're doing if you have a brain for football like there'll be you'll, there'll be a spot for you on the field for sure if you can compete physically yeah I, I couldn't agree more I definitely think that to to be in a, a university athlete in Canada or, or especially the states you can't be a one-trick pony yeah um, in high school everyone kind of has their bread and butter you know I you know I run a fade you throw a touchdown yeah or, or whatever but when you get to the next level it's a process you need to have your school figured out you need good grades or else the coaches are going to look at you as ah he's just here for football you know he's not really fully engaged in this yeah um you need to be watching your film because the coaches have their eye on the huddle accounts so they yeah, know they track that spent, yeah. yeah they they, yeah. they watch that so you, you can't lie like yeah. you can't you can't trick them there mm-hmm. um you know you have to perform at a high level every single practice yeah um, you can't take reps off and you have to separate yourself in the weight room um that yeah. and that's just getting started that's just if you want to be there yeah um, so you know i think that was a great piece of advice i liked how we wrapped that up there and mm-hmm. uh so tanner thank you for your time this was episode whatever of athletic insights because i'm not keeping track anymore <laughs> no problem man. it was an absolute it was an absolute pleasure man love what you got love what you got going on i appreciate it and i'll have to have you on in the future and we'll uh we'll touch base about running some camps in brockville for uh young quarterbacks and receivers too for sure yeah i'm in for sure all right all right cheers out cheers